0: I am Damla Aktakin. I am a healer and the host of this podcast, and I can't wait for you to listen to this conversation. If you are new to this podcast, please take a moment to subscribe so that you can be aware of new episodes. I also invite you to visit adropofom.com, A-D-R-O-P-O-F-O-M.com, where I share a lot of free resources for self-healing and healing, and you can take a free quiz to find out what your energetic wounds are and how they may show up in your life. Discovering what your wounds are is the first step in healing them. I hope you enjoy this episode. There is one more thing I would like to share with you before you listen to this episode. I created a wonderful container to help you heal your energetic wounds and activate the infinite light and potential of your inner children. It is a crystal energy healing membership called Chakra Bliss Vault. Every month, you will receive three new crystal healing sessions plus you'll immediately have access to my entire energy healing recording library when you sign up the membership is really affordable and will continue to be so you can find out more about it at adropofom.com a-d-r-o-p-o-f-o-m.com i invite you to make healing your energetic wounds and connecting with your inner children a priority and invest in your well-being by becoming a Chakra Bliss Vault member. Hi, everyone. This is Damla Aktiken, and I have with me here Sherry Burton. Hi, Sherry.
1: Hi, Damla. So good to be here.
0: So good to have you here. Let me do your well—not so brief, but I love the, I love <laughs> all the different avenues that your journey has taken. Let me do a brief introduction. To you, you are a mother of six, an author, international speaker, podcast host, international business owner, and emotional restoration expert, and you teach a new feminine leadership paradigm through your Stand, Speak, and Shine programs and retreats, which I'm excited to dive into. Welcome.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it makes me sound really exciting, but I'm not really that exciting.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, to me, you are, and I'm so happy that you're here. And um, I want to start by hearing about um, how you define what you do now, and what personal journey has led you to doing what you do now?
1: Yeah, well what I'm mostly doing now and feel the most passionate about is this feminine awakening that we're seeing happening everywhere. And I, I believe that, you know, there are certain souls on the planet right now who were positioned here. If you will, at this time, especially those of us coming into maturity or awakening ourselves into what are we really here for? We've been asking this ourselves this for years. Why am I here? And, and i think most people are coming to understand men and women are coming to understand that there's a healing of the feminine happening the feminine energy the feminine consciousness and my background you know i i'm the second of seven children all of my siblings except myself and one other sibling were diagnosed bipolar so there's a lot of significant uh, mental illness history in my family both on both my mother's and father's side Um, I lost a sister to suicide who's two years younger than me who left behind five children. This happened in 2005. That was a really pivotal juncture in my awakening to some issues that in our culture that are really pervasive and not friendly to the feminine, we could say, like the suppression of your voice. Um, I believe that there are some aspects to our culture that really exacerbate mental illness for women. We can get into that later, but my journey, I mean, cause I do have a traditional degree in psychology. I have worked in clinical settings, including a psychiatric hospital and an addiction recovery center. And I just started to notice that people weren't really getting well, people were relapsing or they were cycling through. And, and, you know, it, we all have a degree of mental illness and our families are all screwed up and our families are all carrying these patterns. But I I really wanted to climb underneath what was creating it. I didn't want to just slap a Band-Aid on the symptoms or, you know, spread awareness. I really wanted to find out what was creating these issues, depression, anxiety, bipolar, and addiction, which all of those things are very prevalent in my family. And because I am a mother, I didn't want to see these patterns get passed down. I wanted to start really getting in and and addressing it. My dad also lost a sister to suicide. She was 32. And in her suicide letter, she asked my parents to raise her three-year-old son. So he was raised as my youngest sibling. But as it relates to the feminine awakening that I'm so drawn to, I didn't see a correlation. I thought I was just going into psychology, you know? And I was raised in a very high-demand religion, Mormonism, and uh, I'm really grateful for a lot of the the ways of thinking and and the um, really strict health codes and a lot of the really beautiful teachings and doctrines that were presented. But I also, as I've gotten older, I've unpacked some of the mo- most damaging, toxic pieces of what I was programmed with as well. So I'm holding both of those. And noticing that that we still have a lot of healing to do and that we all come into these constructs and these family constellations and these systems that really can have the potential to diminish us and that can create mental illness and does create or exacerbate mental illness in very sensitive souls. So that's in a nutshell. (laughs) why I'm in this space now empowering women in my stand, speak, shine programs and starting my podcast of which you were a guest recently. Um, you know, I've been podcasting now almost four years. I love it. I've done an episode a week for almost four years and I've interviewed hundreds of women and men who are all kind of saying the same thing, you know, like it's time. It's time for us to look at these patterns and start to heal them. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with that part. There is a lot, I feel like we're living in times that it's not any more easily possible to suppress or cover or ignore because things are getting louder to come out. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm hearing a lot in your story, in particular this, um, I would love to know your definition of the feminine Mm -hmm. And what were you in your, you know, initial stages of this journey? You mentioned two thousand five. I'm guessing it probably started way before that. But what were you learning then about the feminine, and what are you learning and and knowing now?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, my construct uh, when I was growing up. So in my religion, they talk about a heavenly mother with a heavenly father. So God. There is a feminine goddess, but they don't talk about, they just say there is one, and then they just leave it at that. Like God hasn't revealed anything about this. And it always bothered me that we didn't have anything more developed. And here we are in the 21st century and we don't have anything on this. And I thought, well, that's a little convenient because it keeps women out of power and it keeps them from having true authority or a developed theology on what the eternal feminine really is. So when I say feminine, it's a capital F and it, and it can mean sacred feminine. It could mean divine mother. It could mean, div, you know, divine feminine. There's, there's many ways. It's just an all encompassing term for, um, the essence of feminine energy and, um, ancient mother and heavenly mother, if you will. And there's so many way. you know, so many different cultures and religions and systems. They talk about a goddess you know but but it's not developed because i think she's a mystery and i think it's meant to be that way uh I, I would include gaia the earth mother with that and it's just a big mystery of what is this but many of us experience it as um as an essence and a power but as i grew up of 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 a mother figure but that it's not this subservient, um, docile, nurturing. She can be nurturing, but she's also fierce. So you can hear the word, the words "fierce feminine" or "wild feminine" alongside that. So I would encompass that into this wise woman, medicine woman, priestess. There's so many facets. Mother you know there's just so many facets to to this feminine you could call it the yin energy as well in the eastern tradition um so yeah yeah i'm hearing you
0: say um or what's coming to me as i listen to you is you're mentioning this like almost lack of mention of the feminine aspect outside of ourselves in the society and the um religion or in the you know communities that we find ourselves it's almost as if with the lack of that we come in with a lack of ability to define that within ourselves and to see that within ourselves to see the like you're mentioning the maiden the mother the crown and all the different seasons and aspects and the shadow of the the feminine and the light of the feminine all of those weaves together in different shades and colors Mm -hmm. um and it is a huge sort of source of power and energy when when you know how to tap into that. Which brings me to, I know that you work with women or or the feminine empowerment. Um what kind of magic do women create when they get together?
1: Let's mm.
0: see to that a little bit.
1: Yeah, I love it. I love the word magic there too. Um it's huge. Women learn through community. We're very relational. We're very tribal. We're very, you know, the sisterhood, it's a real thing. And it's not that we're trying to marginalize men or be exclusionary. It's just that when we combine and we lead with inclusivity, collaboration, this is what the patriarchy has not done. They have said, okay, well, we're the strongest we know what's best and we're your authority and this is the way it is. So it's like dis, like it's hierarchical and it's leadership, you know, it's, it's master and servant based to a degree. It's like dictating to people and it's very insular and it doesn't always allow for other voices to come in. Like you could look at the proverbial conference table in a corporate setting and a woman tries to hold, you know, raise her hand and share something. She feels like she has to act and be like all the other men in the room to be heard. And we're coming out of that. So you're right. We've externalized um, the fe- we we've externalized and tried to make it about what's out here, but really, what's rising right now is this awakening inside of people of that feminine essence in both men and women, But because we haven't had role models, and we haven't seen this healthy inclusivity, in this collaboration of everyone being invited to the table irrespective of their race or their gender or their sexual orientation or their culture or their nationality, that everyone gets invited to the table. That's what the feminine does. And that's what we need to do inside of ourselves. Yeah. We need to embrace the shadows and the light and all aspects of our nature. And as this feminine energy rises, that's what she's trying to do. And so you see all these marginalized groups now. LGBTQ, you know all, you know the all the racial disparity that we've seen, all the gender inequity. It's going to start to get healed, but it's going to be messy because we just haven't had good role models that are allowing us to really dip into what this feminine is. And so the pendulum is swinging right now.
0: Yeah. Um, what I'm seeing there is I love the picture you painted with the conference room table. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's take the table out of there and then put like pillows on the floor <laughs> and women seated by each other. And then it's almost like like we were talking about finding that missing external validation and doing that for each other. Like you, you look at the mother who's having a hard time in that circle and you say, I see you. You look at the teenager who is having a hard time and you say, I see you. So all, in all these different stages of like or someone who's going into a a, um the fall and the winter of their lives it's almost like we have the ability as women when we come together women or those who want to get in touch with their feminine side let's just include all and have that opportunity to say um which you put very beautifully like you're accepted here you have a place here in this circle and the circle symbolizing everyone's on the same level and there's no head of the table there's no bottom of the table there's no one. no it's
1: a circle i love that you made that a circle because that is the feminine that's how the earth is formed it's a circle a moon the sun um creation is cyclical when a mother gives birth she gets round it's everything is in cycles and circles and so yeah it's meeting everyone eye to eye on the same level and hierarchy doesn't like that why would it <laughs> <laughs>
0: if you could stand on top of people I mean that's not my thing but um yeah if you look at it from that point of view it's it doesn't that yeah. it doesn't quite come together I wish it did or I wish it does at some point because there's well, to be said about leadership
1: Well, Well, yeah, we uh, still, a leader is still, the right kind of leader is a servant leader. So, you know, they're still giving voice to everyone in their circle, but they can still command um, a certain kind of knowledge or wisdom to disseminate for their, I don't want to say their followers, that's not quite the word, but those in their circle and sphere They can still have influence with them and allow them to speak and then share their embodied wisdom and their experience without it seeming us and them, without it seeming like the leaders up here and we're all down here.
0: Yeah. It's almost like to the point of the leader filling himself or herself up with, with the love, with whatever the consciousness they're mm-hmm. there to evolve into and then pouring that out so others can
1: do the same. Yeah. And the best leaders, and I teach sacred feminine leadership in Stand, Speak, Shine, but the best leaders are guides. The best leaders are those who hold space for the evolution of that soul that they have influence with. They're not dictating a set of doctrines or beliefs as as the everyone's truth. They're saying, here is my experience. This may be helpful. Let me act as midwife for you to birth your own consciousness, to speak your own truth. Let me help you unearth that. Let me hold space for you and create containers of safety so that you can express your authenticity. Those are the best leaders.
0: I love that. I love the safety part that you mentioned because unless you're safe, it's very hard that for that feminine part to come out and play, mm-hmm. let alone shine, which brings me to we we talked about the stand, uh, speak, shine. So stand, and then you sit in a circle <laughs> and you speak your truth. <laughs> Tell me about the shine part. Um,
1: how do women shine? What's between us and really shining our truth? Yeah, well, it we do have to start with stand because with stand it doesn't mean you could be sitting, but it just means to be grounded. It just means to be rooted here, you know, like first and second chakra, just like I'm here. I have a right to be here. I claim my space. So it's just, you have to be grounded before you can shine. You have to literally take a stand and say, I, I respect myself enough to ground myself to this earth. I'm here. I'm fully here. I'm fully present. And then the speak could mean speaking your truth, but often it just means expression. Like once you're grounded and you're standing, so to speak, then you can let it out. You can you can have that embodied wisdom flow through you, whether it's creativity or art or actual words. So the shine from Stand Speak Shine is really about just letting yourself out, like the genie coming out of the bottle. Like many of us have felt like we were in cages and we couldn't, or we're in a chrysalis, like a butterfly. We've been, you know, in the caterpillar soup, just sort of metamorphosizing. Well, at some point that butterfly she's going to flap her wings and she's going to come out. So the shine is just allowing your own individuality of expression to gift this planet. And it doesn't mean you have to grab a microphone or, you know, move the masses. It just means here I am because the highest, highest and holiest relationship you have is with your own divine soul. Period. Because that divine soul is in direct connection to source And so once you access your soul voice and once you ground here, then you are able to flap your wings, so to speak. You are able to be the highest expression of yourself, whatever that means for you and whatever you desire. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I like that. Um, And why is it important for the feminine in us to do that, to stand, speak and shine? I mean, Mm. we talked a little bit about it. Um, I feel like it's needed and missing in the world, but um, why do you think, why
1: else do you think it's so important? Because you'll get sick Mm. and you'll get depressed. I mean, there's level there's, when you suppress something and you keep pushing it down, whether it's your true feelings, your identity, your voice, your sexual orientation, Your knowing that something you're hearing feels off, but you just keep pushing it down and pushing it down. Well, suppression leads to oppression, which leads to depression. So if you cannot express, if you cannot healthily express, you will suppress, oppress and depress. So the commonality is press, right? So when I'm talking about that butterfly, she's out, she's expressing, she is showing her true self to this world. And that's how we're going to heal. That's why that's so important, whether it's a male or a female or non-binary, whoever be yourself. And that, that freedom is people are searching for that freedom. They want somebody, they want to see prototypes and models of people doing that in healthy ways. So it's your presence, like that famous quote by Marianne Williamson, um, your presence will automatically liberate others. Just Mm -hmm. your presence when you're in that space.
0: I like that. And touching upon what that's reminding me of is um, from my personal story, it has been an excavation of realizing the places that I had internalized that suppression and oppression thinking that that was the norm and it took a level of um sort of like you said grounding myself and then filling myself up to a point where I could really stand and say okay no more I'm gonna do my <laughs> my own thing in my own way um and when you find yourself in that suppressed and oppressed places whether through others or through your internal process, um, I feel like, first of all, a lot of gentleness towards yourself and a lot of reaching out to resources within and around you. How do you feel
1: about that, the resources? Oh yeah, there's no other way to do it. I mean, we're you know, we wired for connection. So we need tribes, like you mentioned before, you know, women, what is the power of a circle of women, right? Well, that's what you're doing you're holding space for each other to be the butterfly. And I just know that when I was in my dark night of the soul period, I, I felt so disillusioned and so disoriented because I was questioning everything and everything I knew, which is a very healthy uh, stage of spiritual development that we don't often hear about is this darkness, this dark night period and season. And so I can't imagine had I not found mentors that allowed me to like, not know that I was going crazy and just gave me these validating and affirming, um, mentions of, you know, you're, you're right on track. You're not going crazy. This is, this is spiritual awakening. A spiritual awakening can model psychosis in a lot of respects. There's a lot of research on that in indigenous cultures. They, when they started to see this happening, they celebrated this unraveling. We don't do that here. We tell everybody to put on a happy face and look pretty and smile and be compliant and don't rock the boat. And that's called spiritual bypassing. And it does not allow you to develop spiritually. There's a necessary like reckoning or period of, um, a rite of passage in a spiritual awakening where you have to go into a descent journey. And, and religions tell us that that's just, you know, it's literally the worst thing you can do in a religious context, because you've lost the light, you've lost the spirit, you, you're, you're going to be deceived by Satan or whatever, when in actuality, you know, most people don't let them go to that place because it doesn't, it's not comfortable. They want someone to tell them what to believe. They want something to tell them what to do. They defer to the hierarchy. They defer to the leaders because they don't trust themselves that they can go down and in, and that is the feminine. The masculine goes upward and outward and projects as projected energy of actually doing and and being, and we all have masculine and feminine in us, but the feminine is down and in. That's literally our anatomy anyway. So it's male anatomy and female anatomy, but it's an energy of going within and trusting that the holy of holies inside of yourself holds answers for you and trusting that inner authority. It's not an easy, it's not a process for the faint of heart, but a lot of people are going into it and they're like, oh my gosh, what's happening? What's happening to me? <laughs> it's like, no, you're just awakening. Yeah, You're right on target.
0: I love that you use the word descent because that's exactly what it felt like for me. For me, the dark night of the soul was when I became a new mom and I felt myself just going deeper and deeper into this deep well of darkness And it didn't occur to me to get that diagnosed. It was just, I was in the feeling of it. And I just knew that um, I would be asked to step out of it, but now I was there and I was feeling it. I I was just seeing, um, it's almost like when you're in the darkness, the light is a little bit more subtle. So your eyes get used to it and you can see what you need to see deep underneath there in the, Belly of the beast, <laughs> which is which is your body. Um, thank you for that. I want to talk about two more things with you. The first one is the um, you're a podcaster, I'm a podcaster, and that to me has a lot about the standing and the speaking and the shining part in it. Um, so, in your journey with that, um, wh- what do you feel is happening there? in your post yet? Like, what are you putting together? What is the um, the invisible threat? What's happening underneath what people think is happening? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I started my podcast in 2019, a month after I turned 50. And I was going through it hardcore. Like I was in the middle of the dark night. And I'm not talking, when I'm talking about the dark night of the I'm not talking about depression. Depression could accompany it. But it's a season where you're you're upgrading to a new frequency and so things need to crumble. So um, for some people that, I mean, it's different for everybody. For me, it was an unraveling of what I had been indoctrinated with seven generations back uh, through my religion and the religion was just the catalyst. It wasn't the problem. It was just some of these things aren't sitting right with me and they don't land in my body, in my embodied feminine wisdom. It's just, it's not congruent. And I didn't know what to do with that. So I went into a space of not knowing and show me and a surrender. Um, sometimes a health condition, like you're speaking of, could trigger it. But often it's just something that comes when it's ready to come because you're in a space to receive. And I was on a divine feminine journey. I was doing sacred pilgrimages all over the world. I studied a lot about Mary Magdalene, a lot of um, archetypes and historical figures that represent feminine awakening. And I didn't realize I was being drawn to it, but I, I can look back now and see how I was literally following this thread until finally, it was like the universe was like, oh, she's ready now. And then the scales fell away from my eyes. So that's when I started the podcast. Because I felt like if I don't get this out, <laughs> I'm going to combust. Like I need to talk. I'm just built that way. I like to talk a lot. I like to talk through things a lot. And and it was so therapeutic to just be able to talk to so many personalities and different backgrounds. And they, like I said, they were all saying kind of the same thing, which is this whole authentic listening to yourself, standing in who you are. They were all saying it in different ways, but it was so healing <laughs> to be able to just express myself. Cause like I said, if you don't express you suppress you oppress and get depressed and I could see that if I didn't find a way to express that things would not be good <laughs> so it was a really pivotal piece of my healing and I didn't care who started listening I like I didn't care if it was like my husband and my daughter or whatever I just I knew that I had to do it and I'm so grateful that I have and so I'm sure you're grateful you started your podcast it's just um, I get a lot of people messaging me or stopping me. I was just at a business convention and a few people stopped me and told me they loved it and what it did for them. And they're not, you know, I didn't, I don't necessarily care how many people listen. I just want the people who are being midwifed through their spiritual awakening to find if this could be a tool that can help them to find this so that, it's the it's the podcast I wish I could have listened to when I was going through things hmm. and that was my goal of like that's what I want to create I love it well I love your podcast too thank you um, <laughs>
0: um what is speaking to me very loudly in what you just said is that feeling of this just doesn't feel right in my, my body like this is what I was taught, but it just doesn't land in my body. I love the way that you put that. Um, and that starts the, the journey of questioning and opening up to what else is possible or what else is underneath and around it. And yeah, and it's, I love how you also said that it's not necessarily um, always about depression. It can be simply about being in that questioning place being in that change place in the in between yeah um yeah it's, for, it's a scary place to be <laughs> it's um it sucks in so many <laughs> ways <laughs> but it's the birth canal right it's the birth you're in the birth canal of the goddess you were just in water and now you're going towards air or whatever element you're
1: exploring next um that's exactly right you've been incubating for this moment yeah now the universe is going to push you out and there's a part of your ego that thinks you're going to die and guess what a part of you is dying to be reborn yeah and there is some grief involved in that oh my gosh that's the worst (laughs) part of it for me it was the grief the grief just about took me down yeah yeah
0: Um, speaking of the podcast for me it was very much a um, I just wanted to connect with people who were interested in (laughs) what I'm interested in talking about consciousness talking about the feminine talking I get excited about different um, healing methodologies different different healing philosophies and just diving into all of those things and it has been that on a lot more what I'm finding now is like I gather these connections just by pure happenstance I see someone like you I reach out to them it just feels right again that feeling in the body or someone sends me something and I'm like yes this feels right and then it turns out to be there's a certain theme that comes to being that for that year which is more often than not is exactly what I needed to hear and be with as well. So it's a company. Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's crazy. Like even in my coaching program, I work with individual women and it's oftentimes the issue that they're dealing with is an issue I've either recently or am in the middle of. And that's what I mean about not coming in and knowing everything because people in, even if you're leading and guiding people, you're still grappling with the same universal themes that they are. It just so happens that you may have just had an experience that renders you a little bit more knowledgeable or wisdom-based in that. That's it. We're all on the same playing field. So I agree with what you're saying. It's so crazy that they'll say, like a guest will say something on my podcast and I'm like, oh my gosh, you basically just described. (laughs) like exactly what i'm going through yeah
0: yes yeah and it's a it's a um blessing and a privilege to be able to share that with others and hopefully they go through their own little aha moments in there mm. um i want to ask you about aromatherapy and essential oils i know you have a special relationship with that um walk us through that how did they come into your life and what what are they for you
1: yeah so around 2007 2008 my mom my mother does foot zoning and we like we had just lost my sister to suicide two years before that and we were searching for answers of really like how do you get people back in their body how do you um, support someone in a severe mental health challenge, for instance, or an anxiety attack, or we were just looking for tools. My, my surviving sisters, and I have three brothers, three sisters. So we had lost my sister. So my surviving two sisters and myself and my mom, we were just looking for answers and we all found essential oils, but I didn't initially, I thought they just smelled good. Like I've heard the term aromatherapy before, but I thought Oh okay well that's how could that be therapy but the ancients knew this and it's an ancient feminine wisdom tradition actually um using these gifts of the earth to be able to help support people biochemically so i just dove right in and um it sur- soon turned into an international business i'm aligned with a company called doTERRA and um i've been all over the world in fact i'll be in korea leaving for korea in a week to teach about essential oils and emotions and how aromatherapy and self-anointing and um, how the fastest access point to your limbic brain is through smell and how you can use multisensory components of taste, touch, smell, sight, sound to be able to heal your multisensory facets of yourself because we are multisensory beings. So essential oils have been sacred practice. They've been, like I said, supportive of mental and emotional health. I've seen huge breakthroughs in myself, my family, my clients. I believe essential oils were a huge aspect to us helping to heal some of these epigenetic patterns in my family lines um, because they are so potent, super chemistry, really from the earth. You can't patent them. You can't pharmaceutical companies can't come in and patent them because they grow in the earth. And so it's been powerful for me to come in and just claim this alchemy and to just, I don't care if people think it's weird, like it works, you know? And so I think I even mentioned to you that, you know, um, I started to do readings for people and just really short, like 15 minute readings, like muscle testing. Sometimes I'll use Oracle cards sometimes I and, and definitely bring in essential oils so that people get this customized multi-sensory sort of um, template for their next level of healing or awakening. And it's, it's, it can be a very fast process because I've been doing this long enough to know now I used to hide my intuitive gifts. I used to be afraid of what people would think about muscle testing or energy or essential oils. And I'm like, no, we're past that. Like I have been doing this now for, you know, 13 years and I know that it works. Mm -hmm. So And I'd I'd even be willing to offer some free 15 minute readings for your listeners. I might have to see how many people respond and have to cap it off at some point, but, (laughs) but it's just, I'm really passionate about it. I'm really, really passionate about it. And I get excited spending 15 minutes with someone and able to give them a piece to their healing that maybe has eluded them for decades. And it's not me. It's not my magic. It's that I just allow myself to be open so that whatever needs to come through can come through. And muscle testing has been a big part of that. Um, and just my experience in working with thousands of people with essential oils and being able to see how how that multisensory tool can activate healing for them. Yeah. Um.
0: Thank you. Thank you for mentioning that. So I will actually have some information about the free 15-minute essential oil reading with Chilin. Yeah.
1: Um, and I will have my assistant facilitate that and send my calendar. And yeah, we can we can definitely make that happen. Yeah,
0: we'll we'll include det- I'll include detailed in- instructions about that. Um, I love how you said the self anointing. It's almost like with the oils making or recognizing your own sacredness and partnering with something sacred, which to yeah. me reminds a lot of the healing partnership i do with crystals they're of the earth as well um yes i got my crystals yeah <laughs> i love them yeah, yeah. um i want to know as sort of a parting question what birthing canal you're in right now <laughs> what you're learning and moving through and what you're finding out in the process
1: Well, thank you for that question, because I'm, I'm still in the thick of a lot of trauma release. In fact, I had a memory of something that happened to me when I was four, come through a couple of weeks ago when I was in fetal position on my bathroom floor with my husband helping me and I wasn't in terror and I wasn't in fear. And I I was grateful. My body was like, oh, she's ready now to let this come through. So I was holding space for myself. I was being a presence for my inner child so she could cry and grieve and all of the things. And I'm always in awe when that happens, because even though I'm on stages teaching about this and I have a podcast and I've got clients and programs and retreats, I'm still, I'm still releasing ancestral stuff, but here's, here's where I'm at to answer your question. I know how to hold space for myself now so that I'm not falling apart. (laughs) I trust aspects of how I will respond I've put markers around and tools around like essential oils and EFT and different modalities and tools that I do for myself, embodied movement and yoga and things like that. So that I, I trust that if I hit a difficult patch or a new memory wants to come forward or a new pattern wants to be reprogrammed or, you know, transmuted that, that I have, I have tools And I trust that I will be able to get through it. It's not going to overtake me as it has in times past. I'm out of the dark night season. Thank goodness. That doesn't mean that I won't face trials and tribulations in the future, but uh, I'm grateful that I went through that birth canal and that now I've probably crowned now. Like that's probably where I'm at. (laughs) I don't know that I'm the full butterfly. Oh yeah. I like to visualize that though, because it's very powerful yeah I like that thank you I think I was like overdue you know how like like a mom can be pregnant (laughs) like she's 10 like my oldest son he was 10 days overdue and I was in labor for three days and like I pushed for three hours like that that's probably akin to what he's going through as a 26 year old that's his life pattern um and just, to, just as an interesting little side note, you can look at your actual birth and your mother's pregnancy and labor as a sort of prototype for how you do life to some degree. It's not always accurate, but my mom was pregnant with me. She was 19, 20 years old. She was in the hospital for three weeks with me before I was born. I was her lowest birth weight baby. Like there was a lot of stuff I took on. My dad was in Vietnam. I was born in the Navy hospital. So I've had to look at like, as it relates to my, you know, it took me until I was 50 to actually get born. <laughs> you know, So I was a little overdue at the same time. There is something about midlife as I'm sure you're probably seeing, like there's what you went through when you had your first child, but then there's what you're going to go through in midlife. And they're very different stations of maturity and spiritual development. And, um, I'm just, I'm so grateful that I'm through the quote unquote thick of it and that I'm ready to be in this world as me and can weather whatever storm is going to come. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. That was a lot. <laughs> that was like a really hard
0: canal with you. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I can see the light. Thank you so much for sharing that Sherry and and all the rest of it because um i think it's important for people to realize like being a healer doesn't mean you're going to be perfect or that you're not going through your own stuff we are i am too we all are and in the midst of it um there are things that we gather in the journey that we can share and make meaning with and make meaning of um mm-hmm. and offer as guidance to others and to ourselves so thank you for doing the internal work that you do which benefits all of us and doing the external work that you do which is wonderful and i'm in awe of it um i want to direct people to your website there's stancepeakshine.com as well as your uh website sherryburton.com uh you have a wonderful podcast which i love people should check it out Mm -hmm. (laughs) You offer a um, 12 week course on the sacred feminine, which we talked a little bit about, but um, do you want to tell people what, what they would find if they go to these
1: places? Yeah. Yeah, So um, Stan speak shine is the 12 week sacred feminine course on becoming an embodied conscious feminine being and leader. If it's your desire and that's only $222. You can take, it's very, very content rich and you can take it at your own pace. Um, but yeah, like I said, and I'm offer. I would love to offer the readings, the 15 minute essential oil, um, Oracle readings. And, um, you know, that can get really deep, really fast. <laughs> so, but those are the two offers I would say to send to your listeners. Um, I, I have free things too. I have You know, when you go to stance, we shine or com, I have a free healing kit that you can download as well as my podcast is all free, like hundreds of hours of content. So, um, just grateful, you know, just grateful that we connected and you got to be on my show and now I get to be on yours. And so I'm sure that our listeners are very similar energetically and, um, all searching for this, like having this beautiful permission to just be liberated and be yourself. That's why we're here. That is the purpose of our life is to be who we are, to unravel all the layers of distortion and get to this like beautiful butterfly.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for being here. And those of you listening, thank you for listening. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to Conversations with Healers. If this episode spoke to you in any way, please leave a review or comment, like or love it, and share it with others in your life. This is a true soul love project from my heart to yours. I really appreciate your help in spreading the word. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe and check out other episodes to listen to some extraordinary healing stories and advice. Have a beautiful and wonderful day.